You're listening to TIP. There's a lot of people achieving greater things than you simply because they chose to believe in themselves. It's not that they're more talented. It's not that they can run 20 companies and I can't. It's just the fact that they believe that they can do it and they went and did it. On today's episode, I chat with Terrence Murphy to talk about lessons he learned from having a dream he worked his entire life for, ripped away right after it was achieved. How he persevered and avoided going broke like other athletes. How he transitioned to real estate and is now a successful entrepreneur. And much more. Terrence was an NFL player with the Green Bay Packers who became a real estate investor, broker, and entrepreneur after retiring from the NFL. He founded the brokerage TM5 Properties in 2010 and has completed over $250 million in sales volume over the past 10 years. He has also successfully started a number of other ventures and companies over the years, including Murphy Signature Homes and the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast. I mentioned that I chatted with Terrence, but what's new in this episode is that it isn't just me. I actually had a co-host join me this time. So far, through nearly 200 podcast episodes across the Millennial Investing Podcast and the Real Estate 101 Podcast combined, I have hosted every episode myself. But today, that changed. If you've been listening to either show for some time now, you've heard me talk about him before. You've heard me talk about how I have a business partner in my real estate business. And well, today, he joins me as the co-host for today's episode. His name is Ryan Conceso. He's built a very successful career in sales, had success in swimming and bodybuilding. He's one of the hardest workers I've ever met. And most importantly, he does the right thing and is a great dad. Since launching these podcasts, I've tried new things and continually try to make the shows better for you all. Bringing in a co-host for some episodes is one of those things I'm looking to try and test out. I'd love to hear from you guys what you think of having a co-host on the show. Shoot me a DM on Instagram or Twitter at the Robert Leonard, and let me know what you think of it. Should I have more episodes with co-hosts? What other feedback do you have about the shows? What could I add or maybe change about the show that would make it better for you? My goal is to put out the absolute best content and episodes I can for you all, so your feedback really helps me do that. Now, without further delay, let's get into this week's episode with Terrence Murphy. You're listening to Real Estate Investing by the Investors Podcast Network, where your host, Robert Leonard, interviews successful investors from various real estate investing niches to help educate you on your real estate investing journey. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Real Estate 101 Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Robert Leonard. And with me today, we not only have a guest, but we actually have a co-host today. He is one of my best friends. He is my business partner in real estate. I've talked about him a lot here on the show. Ryan can say so is joining me as co-host and as guest today. We have Terrence Murphy. Ryan, take a second, introduce yourself, and then Terrence, welcome yourself as well. Hi, everybody. It's a pleasure to be on the show. As Robbie said, my name's Ryan. Been partners with Robbie for the last, I want to say, four years. In terms of real estate, in terms of business, it's been an absolute pleasure working with him, as you all know. But at this point in my life, again, Robbie and I are taking things to the next level and we're starting to scale. And we're happy to have everybody along for the journey. Awesome, Ryan. Well, yeah, I'm Terrence Murphy, a real estate entrepreneur and investor in College Station, Texas, former Texas A&M Aggie and Green Bay Packer receiver. 
And yeah, man, excited to be on the show, excited to talk shop and just try to inspire people, give them the information they need to move forward and change their lives. Terrence, I know you had a dream of playing in the NFL since you were five. And I can only imagine that you had to put everything you could into that so you could potentially achieve that dream. I know it's a dream that so many kids have, but very few people actually achieve it. You achieved that goal of making it to the NFL, but unfortunately, your time in the NFL was cut short due to an injury. What did you learn from that experience? Well, I'll start with just the process. I've learned that you just got to be patient with the process. I think a lot of times everybody wants to be overnight successes. And it sounds good rolling off the tongue on a movie or on a TV show, but there really are not many overnight successes. I mean, the Kobe Bryant's, the LeBron James, the Tiger Woods, they hit balls, shot balls in a basket, caught a million catches before anybody ever knew who they were, right? And so the one lesson I learned from achieving that dream is one, it's a process. You got to fall in love with the process. Anything you are, anything that you become successful at, you got to fall in love with the process because the results from that are the things that people see, but it's the process we got to love and fall in love with. And then two, be patient. Just know that if you're building it, and I have this one mentality that I call it the one brick mentality, build it one brick at a time. And then the third thing is there will be naysayers and probably the people closest to you will be the biggest naysayers because they know your journey. They know your story. And they're not saying it to hurt you. They're just saying it because you may be thinking bigger than they thought. And so you just got to be careful with that or that may not be make sense for you. And so you just got to know that you got to push through on those things. How do you deal with those naysayers? You just got to be so passionate about your craft because I always say whatever it is, whatever your craft is, it could be podcasting, it could be starting a business, it could be getting a PhD. You got to be so passionate about it and so focused to where nothing people can say can take you off that path. And you don't really say anything to them. You just show them what your actions. So when I would tell people that I was going to go to the NFL and they would say, well, man, you know, that's really not possible to achieve it's never been done from anybody in our high school or our community to go in the first two rounds of the NFL draft. You're just so passionate about it. You're so focused on doing it. You just keep going. You don't even hear what they're saying. And then obviously I showed them with my actions that it could be done. I actually had a guest tell me one time that everybody wants to be an overnight success. But if that actually happens to you, that's actually a really bad thing because you learn so much along the process that you need to be successful. If you were just an overnight success, you don't have the tools, the principles, the habits, the knowledge you need to actually sustain that success. And that's why you see a lot of lottery winners or people like that go broke because they don't have the backing or the process or the foundation that they need in order to sustain that success that they just gained overnight. Yeah. And you know, another thing that really changed my life is not only having that success, but then you got to have the financial literacy and the right heart to absorb the success that's coming your way. What I've learned is this, when success hits, it's going to hit in a couple of ways. Notoriety, most likely finances. So people start recognizing who you are. Obviously, you start making a little more money. And then those challenges start. And it starts in, are you going to stay humble and keep the right mentality and just keep learning, keep growing, keep perfecting your craft? Or are you going to get to a place where you got all the answers? And as soon as you figure out that you got all the answers or that you don't need to get better is when you're going to start going backwards. And then the next thing is, have you set the right financial literacy information and mentality in place to absorb the success of the finances that are going to come your way? Because I've seen a lot of people be successful at a lot of different things, but then they don't put that same energy 
into their finances, and then that's what makes them lose also. So I think it's kind of a, the Robert Kiyosaki mentality. We have a career, and our money has a career, and you got to attack both of those. I love the whole process story because, truthfully, Robert and I, or Rob and I, are big fans of Andy Frisella, and he does this thing called 75 Hard, and the whole concept is to fall in love with basically putting yourself in 75 days of discomfort. It's a regimen, if you will, and it's changing what you're normally used to. Now, I've done bodybuilding, I've done six months of training hard and dieting hard and making sure I'm on a regimen, but this incorporated this aspect of being outside. And I chose January to start it because I knew I did not want to go outside and I didn't want to get in New Hampshire, man, it's freezing. There were some days where I did not get to my outdoor 45-minute activity until 9 p.m. at night, and it was 14 degrees out, and I did not want to do it. And I will say by the end, by day 75, I was like, I love this. It was my favorite part of the entire process, especially during COVID. You know, We're all locked inside and so forth. But again, day one versus day 75 it's amazing how your mindset swings from, I don't want to do this to, I hope it's pouring rain outside and I'm going to wear a t-shirt and I hope it's 25 degrees because you fell in love with the whole process along the way. So according to an article by Sports Illustrated written in 2017, 78% of NFL players go broke or struggle financially within two years of retirement. As a man forced into retirement, how did you avoid falling into this statistic? That's a really good question. I'm unpacking it in a couple of different ways. I think the biggest thing that I will say about, to me, it's an epidemic for professionals, not just NFL guys, but all professional athletes to not have financial literacy. I will say too, now that I have become that story of transitioning, it's amazing how you lack the coverage on the, because like you said, let's just say if it's 90%. No one talks about the 10%. And so the reason why the 90% is still struggling with understanding that it's important because they're not doing a great job of telling the 10% stories. Like, let's tell Robert's story. Let's tell Terrence's story. Let's tell Ryan's story, an athlete who transitioned. And I think to me, that's the first thing that needs to happen is just the perspective because there's nothing juicy about that. It sounds cool to say all NFL guys go broke, right? A lot of them do. But let's tell the 10% of the ones who have transitioned. But what I ended up doing, the first, second round draft pick, well, second round draft pick, Aaron Rodgers was our first pick. I was the second pick. We're roommates. We're best friends. He's the quarterback. I'm a receiver. And I'm having a really good career. You know, I'm playing with Brett Favre. I'm number two in the NFC behind Steve Smith and kickoff return average. It's right there in front of me, bro. And then I get paralyzed on Monday Night Football with the neck injury. And it forced me to say, okay, I have a start on life because, you know, I didn't have life-changing money. Everybody thinks the NFL has this life-changing money. But you got to get to second, third contract like Tom Brady to make that like crazy money. But I said, hey, it's a start on life. And so what can I do and how can I do it? And 08 hit, stock market got crazy. I had my resources in the stock market. And it was just kind of a mixture of a, a couple of life experiences. But I tell my financial advisor, I'm like, dude, you got to get my money out of the stock market. I want to do something different. He challenged me and said, well, what are you going to do? You're 23. And that's when I went and bought a lot of real estate books, financial books. And I read about 38 books in 16 months. And that kind of set me on this path of seeing how important financial literacy was. And that created a passion in me. Why did you pick up the real estate books? 
I mean, you could have gone to Barnes and Nobles and picked up any business book. You could have picked up any investing strategy book. It could have been options. I mean, there's a million different things you could have studied. So why real estate? It's crazy. I did. So I actually read stock market books. I read books about franchising. I read books about just entrepreneurship in general. But the real estate books just kind of kept jumping out at me. And I read Robert Kiyosaki, Who Took My Money? And that was the one that changed my life. Like I read it in like three days. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to do real estate. I want to put my resources in a tangible asset that I can touch, I can see. And then I'm a very creative person. And so now we can get into that in a second. Kind of that started the progression. But now we have 20 companies that we lead and run all around real estate. And I'm able to really expand that vision of what we're doing. When you decided that real estate was going to be the route for you, where did you begin? Did you initially focus on being an investor? Did you focus on being an agent? Maybe it was something else? Yeah. So what I did is the first couple of years, I was 22. I was a limited partner in a capital company, Stillwater Capital. So they raise money, they syndicate, invest in multifamily, commercial developments, things like that. So for two years, I was just a limited partner, put my money in, getting a return. And I would fly in town in Dallas, drive around with the guys, look at deals. That's where I really kind of started wetting my palate. Oh, eight hit. So I did that for a couple of years. And then I realized how important it was when I was trying to sell my place in Green Bay after I was retiring. I realized how important it was to have ownership. And so that's when I moved back to College Station and I became an investor. I wasn't just a limited partner. I started placing deals. I started rezoning. I started acquiring urban development properties right around the campus and started rezoning, replatting, going vertical. And that's where I really started as just an investor. And after people started seeing my projects, they were so innovative at the time. No one was really doing demo in College Station in 2007 and eight, but I started doing it. And I was building these brand new student housing projects and the kids at A&M just loved them. I would lease up in like a week because of word of mouth, a nice size project. And so that's what started. And then people would ask me, can you help me do what you do? I was like, well, I don't have a license. And that's when I got my real estate license in 2010 and went to Keller Williams for like a year, year and a half. And then I just got frustrated with that experience and started TM5 as an independent broker in 2011. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's sponsors. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV. Like an adventure-ready RAV4, available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, High interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com slash millennial investing. 
Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. Hey guys, when it comes to financial advice, you've got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever credit card was in my wallet. But I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? A free flight to a bucket list destination? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards savings accounts, and much more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. Check out nerdwallet.com and start making smarter financial decisions. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. All right, back to the show. I very often hear real estate investors talking about scaling their portfolio to a certain number of units or completing a certain number of flips. Ryan and I typically focus on rental properties ourselves. So most of my conversations are around number of units. But the point is that most investors I talk to seem to only think of real estate in one dimension. What I love that you do is that you have numerous different companies. You just mentioned, I think, 20 all in the real estate industry. You don't just buy rental properties or just flip properties. You have a real estate brokerage, property management, mortgage company, insurance company and a bunch more that are all related to real estate. Talk to us about your strategy with all of these different companies and how it all came to be. Yeah, it just kind of happened. As I started having these experiences with my property manager when I was an investor, I still remember one of his leasing agents showed up and this was like my pride and joy. It's like I bought a whole block of properties. It ended up being like a 116-bed project and I was just so proud of it. And the leasing agent showed up and I was out like finishing something on, like in the landscaping. And I said, hey, you showing this property is like the last one we needed to lease or last couple we needed to lease. She's like, yeah, I don't even know what the bed and bath is. I don't even know what we're leasing it for. And I was just so disappointed. And I was like, if that's going to be the people that are showing up to lease my properties, then I can lease them on my own. And that kind of started that mindset, that will in my mind, like I'll keep you on my team and I will be loyal to you. But if you're not giving me the right level of service and focus, and attention to detail, then I will do something different. And I learned that the hard way by just being a young guy. You know, when you're young, you don't really want to have those hard business conversations. But I learned that if I don't have it, that's me losing money. And so that started the thought process. And then I read a book that talks about intentional congruency. And what that means is you get one main hub company, and then you create companies that complement that company and service off that company. And so when I got my real estate license, I realized realtors really had control of a lot of the referrals and the part of the process. And I just decided, okay, why not create the companies that I can make sure that my clients are still getting a five-star service. And so that's what kind of started the Terrence Murphy companies and Spiderweb and created the different companies. We see this with bigger companies all the time. Let's take Amazon, for example. They started as a bookstore and now... If you follow Amazon at all, I'm a stock investor as well. Their most profitable business unit is AWS. And they built AWS, which is their web service program, because they needed it for their own online e-commerce platform. 
And now it provides the majority of the profits for the business and they have tons of clients. And so, I mean, this is applicable across many industries, not just real estate. Yeah, it is. And it's funny when you are a young entrepreneur, people are asking you, why do you have so many companies? Why are you doing so much? Like they try to make you feel like you're doing something wrong. Right. But like you hit it on the head and that just shows the entrepreneur that you are. No one's asking Amazon that, you know, no one's asking Disney that Disney has movies and uh, obviously the theme parks and now they own Marvel and now they have Disney plus and no one's asking Disney that. So why are they asking me that? So if they can do it, then why can't we do it? And that's really the mindset. I have a fearless mindset. When you've been through the life experiences that I've been through, I came from a really tough neighborhood and then just being paralyzed and God bringing me back from that mentally, spiritually, physically having to rehab my mind, my body and soul. Like I'm fearless, man. So I just go after stuff. So we buy commercial properties throughout the United States, like you said. And one of the things that I learned from Warren Buffett, he talks about diversity. So he talks about diversity within the stock market. And really when you're buying shares, you're buying a piece of the company. I just decided to diversify myself within the real estate industry. So as I get in, I say, okay, we're going to own 400, 500 bed student housing. Then we're going to go buy commercial strip centers. Then we're going to go buy ranches and run cattle and hay. And I just keep diversifying myself within certain categories and segments. And it just creates that where you're just reinforced with those diversified multiple income streams that I really enjoy. Out of all of the businesses that you have in real estate, which one is the most profitable? And I ask that because I'm curious if it's something that most people listening wouldn't expect. Like maybe it's a business that most people are like, really, that's the most profitable? And then which one's your favorite? Oh, man, the favorite one's going to be tough because it's like your babies, man. People always ask, like, I have three kids. And it's like, if you ask me to give up one of them, I love all three of them, right? And so I love all of my companies. I will tell you, profitability can be measured in multiple ways. And one of the biggest things that my wife helped me figure out is you don't need to own 100% and run every one of them. So like our property management company, as we were trying to stop managing our own portfolio, I didn't want to go back to letting another property manager manage my properties anymore just because I got away from that. But I found a young man that was a couple of years younger than us who was starting a property management company, had been running it for about four or five years, and he was trying to get to that next level. And so I think he was at 300000 in revenue. He was building a good brand, but he couldn't get to the next level. And I partnered with him and said, hey, let's partner up. And within a year and a half of us partnering, we got it to $2.5 million in revenue. So we almost 10x the business in less than two years. And so the point I'm making is because he's leading and he's running it, I'm really an advisor and I kind of meet once a month or once a quarter. The return on my time sounds like leveraging a rental property. If I pay a million dollars for something and it's a Starbucks and a five cap, I'm going to make 5% on my money. But if I buy that same million dollar property and put down 300,000 and leverage the 700,000, my rate of return is going to be higher. So the way I look at it is how much of my time is going into it to get the return that I'm getting. And so it's exponential when I'm not in the day-to-day operations. I know that was a kind of roundabout way to answer it, but as far as my favorite company, I would say the expansion that I'm doing, Terrence Murphy team, I'm expanding in all 50 states and 15 countries with the XP. That one has been really fun because I just love just growing stuff. That's been awesome. Murphy Signature Homes is our luxury home business. And we built these like modern, contemporary, like really cool houses. We're working on like a 10,000 square foot, like masterpiece. And I draw and design a lot of those. I enjoy those. Those are probably my favorite two companies. I loved your response to the intentional congruency as well as the fearlessness and 
kind of how they play off of each other. In terms of how you've kind of cornered your own business, number one, you don't have to rely on anyone. And in relying on yourself, you know the quality and the work you're getting. Again, you're not going to have a property manager who's like, I have no idea how many beds or baths this is leasing. That's Again, that's just bad business and it doesn't look good as a reflection of you in TM5. So in cornering the business, I love how you've been able to, again, not so much have control, but you're controlling the equality that's being put out. Again, I liked your story about the, the property management because in doing my research on you, I found that when you are hiring people, you don't necessarily hire people based off of their experience. I read about one girl who you hired and she did 6.9 million in sales her first year. And I know that was because of your tutelage, just because of how you seem to control and operate everything else. It seems, again, you're taking that fearless mindset into someone who's new and, and taking that opportunity to take a chance on someone, probably based off of their work ethic, what you see in them. Again, I just like you to talk about taking that fearless step into someone who doesn't have experience and, and how you approach that. Yeah, it's one of those deals. I remember when I retired, I was 22 and I was wanting to get into coaching because that's what everybody thinks you should do when you're an NFL guy, right? And I just remember one on interviews and I had the resume hands down, but the first thing they would always tell me is you don't have the experience. I hate that. Like, I hate that word. I hate that thought process. And I remember, because, you know, when I came to Texas A&M, I was a two-star quarterback recruit. I didn't have all the stars by my name. I didn't come from this like long lineage of whatever, whatever. I just came in with $200 in my name, sleeping on a guy's couch, and I just went to work, right? And I missed being able to just put in the work and see the results. And I remember telling my wife, that's what made me miss ball the most, is just the organicness of you can be in politics all you want, but if I go out and run a 4-3 and I catch every ball that's thrown my way and the game's on the line, I catch the game-winning touchdown, it's going to be tough next week to keep me off the field. And that's what I look at when I'm growing my companies. Because at this point, we have about 300 people that work for us directly or indirectly. And the key thing I've learned is it's all about hiring the right person. We can give you the tools. If you have the skill set, we can coach you and give you the tools. And I'd much rather hire somebody with no bad habits or someone who already thinks they got it all figured out. They don't want to listen. They want to do it this way and do it that way. And so I love hiring people that are just talented. And the last thing I realized too, is the reason I started my podcast is the reason I've started getting out here with my message is because your message is going to resonate with a certain audience. And so your tribe will be attracted by your vibe and they'll come find you. I work in the pharmaceutical medical field and I was 22. I was fresh out of college and I'll never forget sitting in front of the people who were interviewing me. And the biggest question was, why am I going to hire you? You're 22 years old. You have zero experience. And I had my own business and grew it myself. I had 400 clients by the time I was a senior. And again, I was sitting there and I'm just like, I will work harder than anybody you have on your team right now. And it doesn't have to do with experience. It's just that, that work ethic, not failing, not having that mindset. It's just fearlessness, kind of like you said earlier carrying that into everything that you were saying earlier about, again, your organized companies and executive vice president for the Bryan College Station Regional Association of Realtors that you mentioned earlier. He basically said in an interview that you're capable of anything you put your mind to. But he also said that you're smart enough to know what you don't know. Can you explain the importance that's played into building all of your companies and 
really into your career? Yeah, I think it's, I used to take this thought process that I had to be the expert at everything before I started it. And that's great in the beginning, right? You got to build a track record. And I'm real big on like curating an experience is why I love Starbucks. They've done a great job. No matter where you go to a Starbucks, East Coast, West Coast, South, North, you're going to get a similar experience from them. And so for me, the reason I've started some of my companies because I kept seeing my clients not get the right experience. They'd had a really good five-star experience with me and my team. We hand them off to a lender, to a builder, to a title company, to a property management company, and then they'd be blowing me up. I'd lose more time with them calling me pissed off because of the person I referred them to. So that's the main focus and the vision behind what we're doing. And we're growing this family of companies to now, you know, we're expanding all across the United States and we're just looking for talented people. If you're in real estate and you're interested in doing real estate sales, call me. Like I took a startup company when my wife and I were 25 and 27 with no broker, no experience, no website, no paid leads. We took a startup company in less than nine years in a small college town from zero sales to a billion in sales. That's never happened in this central Texas area that fast. So, and it's all just about building out the right processes, systems, and hiring the right people. And so we have that playbook and it's something that we're using to now scale and partner with real estate agents throughout the nation. Did you originally plan on having all of these different businesses? I know you mentioned it kind of evolved, but did you expect it to evolve that way? Was that your goal or did you start focus first and then expand? Yeah, I started focus first. I think people just see now the different companies and think I just was running around being jack of all trades. And now that's not what it was. For a couple of years, I would just do one thing really well for three years. And then I would start something else. And then I would start something else. Right. And it's like a snowball, right? You start off in the beginning, just kind of building it. But once I got it up on that top of the hill, when it came down the other side is when those ventures and those opportunities started presenting themselves. And then it just made sense for me because like I said, I think we discount ourselves so much. There's a quote that I always like to talk about. It says, there's a lot of people achieving greater things than you simply because they chose to believe in themselves. It's not that they're more talented. It's not that they can run 20 companies and I can't. It's just the fact that they believe that they can do it and they went and did it. And that was really the thought process. That wasn't the way I started off wanting to do this. I just really just been walking by blind faith. I really have no mentors. I'm starting to try to find mentors, but man, it's just been reading books and watching and learning and praying and just creating these companies with my wife and I and with the right people on our team. Which parts of the real estate industry don't you have a company in yet that you're interested into getting into? Man, I don't know. I think I've kind of checked most of the segments. I'm actually finishing out an MEP. So we don't have an electrical and uh, HVAC company, but we have a plumbing company. We have a sheetrock company. Like I said, because I'm building houses, bro. I'm building these cool modern houses. And I'm like, I'm tired of my plumber not doing this, right? So let's start one, right? A lot of it's not a necessity. I think the hardest thing I've learned with people is they want your business. They can leverage your name in this community. Oh, I work with Terrence Murphy. And that means something to our people, I guess. But then they get in and then you started just raining business on them because like, like I just over inundate them with it, which is what I think they want. And they just kind of start losing interest because it's too much for them. And so I'm like, listen, guys, like a couple of the entrepreneurs here locally, like I helped them build their businesses. And then they get to a place where they're successful and they forget who, who you know, it's like who came to the dance with them. 
And so that's what forces me to go and then go start our own companies, start these other ventures. But it's been good, man. I won't expand everything nationwide. There's only a couple of companies that I'm going to be expanding nationwide, which is the real estate, the TM5 expansion. That's the one that I'm going global with. A lot of my companies, I'll just keep local. Let's take a quick break and hear from today's sponsors. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV. Like an adventure-ready RAV4, available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with the available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey guys, when it comes to financial advice, you've got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever credit card was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? A free flight to a bucket list destination? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and much more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. Check out nerdwallet.com and start making smarter financial decisions. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Your teams are buried in manual work, taking forever to close the books. And getting one source of truth is like pulling teeth. If this is you, you should know three numbers, 37,000, 25, 1. 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their book in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. 1. Because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your key performance indicators in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. Business owners know the power and simplicity of using one tool for things such as scaling up their business, adopting new business models, and easily viewing real-time analytics on one interface. NetSuite offers the unprecedented ability to make all this possible. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash MI. That's netsuite.com slash MI to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash MI. All right, back to the show. For someone listening that knows they want to be in the real estate industry, but they don't know how. They don't know if they want to be an investor. They don't know if they want to be an agent. They don't know they want to start a different real estate-related business. What would you recommend they consider starting first? 
Well, I would recommend that they don't even start anything first. I would recommend they go spend a hundred bucks or so and go take a disc profile. Go get a personality test done on yourself. And real quick, you know, it's the DISC. And then you can see what your gifts are. Because if you're high D, high I, you're not going to be a great transaction coordinator. And if you're high S, high C, low D, low I, you really want to be a coordinator. You want to be doing paperwork. You want to be setting processes. You want something that's a repeatable. Those are my best transaction coordinators. Those are my best office managers. Those are my best director of operations type people. But if you throw them in the field and you want them to go talk to people every day, sell real estate, hell, sell whatever, they're not going to be good salespeople. And so really understanding who you are, because we all have our strengths and weaknesses. It's like if I try to go be an offensive lineman, I'm 6'2", 215 pounds. I'm probably going to get thrown around no matter how much I'm passionate about it, how hard I want to do it. I'm just not wired and I'm not set up to be successful being an offensive lineman because I'm not 6'5", 330 pounds. There's just certain things that we're set up. And I'll tell you, like anybody who wants to go in business, anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur, I would tell them at 16, get these personality tests done once a year on yourself just so you can know who you are because sometimes it evolves. And then that'll tell you, you can match that up with job opportunities in real estate. And that'll tell you where you would be successful at. I have interviewed about 70 or so people on this podcast, over a hundred people on my other podcast. And I don't think anybody has ever said, when I asked for recommendations on investing strategies or businesses to start or anything, I don't think anybody has ever said, go take a personality test. I love it. I really do. I love it. I think that's a great answer. Yeah, because the cool thing is those personality tests, they're 65 pages. And like for two years, I had a HR consultant that I paid. Uh, we had weekly coaching on just how to read people. I was already very intuitive because I played quarterback my whole life. So I know how to get people organized, get them lined up, get us going in the right direction. Like it just made sense for me to be an entrepreneur or a leader doing something because I've been that my whole life. And even when I didn't want to be a leader, when you're a quarterback, coach goes and grabs you out of the back of the line is like, and go leave. And I'm an introvert by nature. So I'm like, I don't really want to talk right now. Like, well, everybody's waiting for you to talk. You're the guy. Go. You know, I didn't realize God was setting me up to be a leader in business and entrepreneurship now. But having that personality profile, like if you give me your personality profile right now, Robert, give me 15 minutes. I can call you and tell you exactly what you're dealing with in a day to day in your business, in your marriage, anything you're leading. I can help you create these buffers and these boundaries that you need to be successful day in and day out. Because once I read that, I know you're in and out. And those people who take that personality profile, if they can learn how to read it, then they'll know themselves and they'll know, hey, here's where I procrastinate. When I create a to-do list, there's a reason why I keep skipping over those three to four and keep going to the things that I want to do. And really understanding that about yourself can help you. That's what people say, how are you running all those companies? Because I really studied myself and I'm not perfected this at all. But I've put these things in place to help me be more efficient. And it's really worked well for me. How do we not let that, or should we let that dictate or limit the things we can do? So what if we like really have a dream? We really have a goal that we want to do something. We take a personality test and it just doesn't align with our personality. But we know in us that that's our dream. Should we maybe change our dream and try and find something that better fits the personality test? Or do we fight through that personality test and get better on the things that we need to be better at to achieve that goal and dream that we have? I think anything is possible first off with the right mentality and with hard work and faith, no matter what your personality profile tells you, no matter what your background tells you, no matter what your friends and family tell you, 
no matter what mistakes you've made in the past, truly at any point in time in life, when you decide you want to achieve something, you can do it, period. But the personality profiles tell you two things. One, we all have two personalities, profiles in the workplace, an adaptive personality and a natural personality. In my natural personality, that just means that's naturally who I am. My adaptive means I got to put extra effort, extra energy, extra focus in being that person. So like you said earlier, if this role is meant for me to be high D, high I, but I'm naturally not, it's going to require me to exert so much more energy to be that person day in and day out. And they always say after six months, nine months, when you get tired, exhausted, overwhelmed, or busy in the workplace, you're going to progress back to what your natural state. So you can do it. It's just going to require extra energy to do it. And I've done it. There's been some roles that I've been in as a leader for eight years that I should have been out of them after 30 days. But I will tell you, I pushed through and there was at the end of the week, I was miserable, but I kept doing it because I had to lead. And one of the roles was giving up my independent brokerage and merging with EXP and not doing some of the things that I was doing as a broker. And I just feel free now. And I'm like, man, if I just would have listened to my personality profile, I would have released some of this burden years ago. So it can be done. Anything is possible, but just know it's going to exert more energy. I want to talk a bit about your personal real estate portfolio. Outside of what you're doing with all your companies, what does your personal real estate holdings look like? If you have any, maybe everything is in the business. Yeah, I do have it. They're all in businesses. I don't really own anything in my personal name at this point. So I put everything in company names and in LLCs. But I will tell you, the key is, and you want to do that from a liability standpoint, you don't want to have stuff in your personal name, no matter what it is. So I say, I would say that to say it is my personal. So we own commercial. So we do commercial strip centers throughout the nation. We, we're in four states right now. Starbucks, Buffalo Wild Wings, AT&T's, things like that. And those have worked really well for us. That's probably been one of the best asset classes I've invested in. Then we have student housing. So in college towns, we measure things by the bed. We don't really do units or properties. And so we're right at 400 beds, or I think 450 beds. And then we own land, we own ranches. So we buy a lot of land and we run cattle and hay and things like that. And we have office buildings, complexes. So I'm kind of diversified with the real estate. The only thing that's not in my portfolio is industrial and hotels, but everything else, multifamily, commercial, land, single family, duplexes, townhomes, all that stuff we have acquired. Have you avoided those two asset classes by choice or have you just not got there yet? I just not gotten there yet. Hotels, I got to a place where I was really studying RevPAR and all that stuff. And it just, like I said, it wasn't something that I naturally was inclined to study. And I just had no passion. So I kind of skipped out on the hotels. But yeah, the industrial is is so hot right now, you know, but I still think that's a space that I'd like to get into. And I'm really focusing on bigger multifamily, like 200 units and up. So, you know, my wife and I have done over 100 million in acquisitions and development with no money raised. So all that's been our own money. We hadn't brought in no equity partners, no investors. But we're actually now, we're starting T and 5 equity partners and we're going to start doing a syndication and raising it for multifamily and for commercial. Based on everything that's happening in the world right now, whether it's the pandemic, economic conditions, fiscal and monetary policy, real estate markets, looking out over the next one to five years, what are you worried about? What keeps you up at night? Nothing. <laughs> I go to bed, bro. I don't stay up for anything. Like, you know, it's the beauty of being an athlete and it's the beauty of having faith, man. Like, I know it's out of my hands, it's in God's hands, 
if it passed through his hands and I got to go through it, just like my injury and some of the things I've been through in life, me staying up at night is not going to dictate if it's going to happen or not happen. Right. And so I don't really stay up at night, man. I go to bed, but I know what you're saying in general. I don't really worry, bro. Like, I guess at this point in my life, like, I really feel like if the poop hits the fan tomorrow and you drop me in a desert, I'm going to find my way to the water. I will find a way to get to the oasis. And so for me, I just have that faith in God and in myself and knowing that he's in control of everything that's going on. But I do like to stay out in front of things that are happening, like really understanding the market segments, like lumber's up 200% right now. And so that's why I'm starting more MEPs because it's like, okay, if your builder margins are down, if I can make a little bit on sheetrock and a little bit mechanical, electrical, and plumbing, then that keeps my margins where they need to be versus just being the builder and only solely relying on that. And if I'm the developer, that means I'm doing the dirt and then I'm the builder and then I'm the MEPs within it. And then at the end of it, I'm selling it. I mean, it is what it is. And the thing is like David Weekly, Pulte, there's been companies doing these things for years, but once again, no one second guesses them when they do it. But people always like, why are you doing it? Like, why not? David Weekly does it. So that's really the mentality. So I don't think there's anything to worry about. I just say, educate yourself, always have an extra strategy and always be thinking, how can I innovate if the market does pivot? Which habits or principles have you incorporated in your life that you think have helped lead to your success that not enough people do, but they should? Step out in faith, like make the move now. You got people that are thinking about this business or this idea or this strategy or this new innovative technology. And they sit on it for years, like, go make it happen. You know, just go for it. You're going to fail. That's the part we got to get. There's only wins and lessons. And I say that on my podcast, there are no losses. The only losses are if you quit or give up. As long as you're moving forward and you're progressing, you're winning and you're getting lessons. And so like for us in football, it's like, we call it reps. How many reps can I get? Because every rep you get, you may get your helmet knocked off. You may get knocked on your butt. But now you realize, okay, I won't do that again. And that's the same in business that I've been able to translate. Like just keep going and keep learning those lessons and then just keep trying to innovate, get better and evolve and grow. Whether it's about business, investing, it could even just be life in general. What piece of advice have you received that has really had an impact on you and you continue to use it and think of it to this day? It's okay to hire people that are your friends. People always say don't mix for personal and business. I think that's a terrible. I don't know. I just like I hate cliches. I hate when people just repeat something and they haven't done the research or tried it in their own life. And they just, well, you don't really want to mix business and friendships. Like, why not? And what I've learned is those are some of my best employees and best people that work with me is the people that I had a prior relationship with, because it's not just about business. There are personal connections there. And we do want to hang out with each other, not only at work, but after work and all that. So I think. It's okay to hire people that you, you know and love and trust. And my thing is, if I'm going to give this new opportunity, this new role that I have and pay somebody a nice base salary, give them the nice PTOs and things, why not give it to a friend of mine that I grew up with? Now, obviously, they got to have the skill set, but why not? So that's something that I would challenge people to do is be okay with hiring your family members and friends. You will have some run-ins, but you'll have run-ins with employees that are strangers. So why not? Let it be your friends and family. Really love that response because truthfully, I would have never. I mean, I've had some run-ins in the past, and Robbie knows with you know hiring family to do certain jobs. I'm actually living through it right now. 
But again, you know, it's a situation where, again, it's like never judge a book by its cover. You can have 50 people tell you how a person is or why they are the way they are. I'm one of those people that I don't know you until I meet you. And again, why not hire somebody who you do know and you know that they're capable rather than hiring some random person who, again, maybe interviews well for, you know, an hour, two hours, however long the interview sessions are. I think that's, again, in you, again, under your tutelage, I don't think you can fail. You're taking a a risk on yourself. So again, it's a win-win in my eyes. It's a no-brainer, bro. Even if it doesn't work out, right? Let's say I end up having to part ways with my brother. It's like, hey, this isn't working. Well, at least he got a a life experience that is now going to stay in my inner circle. And you never know how it comes back to you, right? He may start a job or create a business just from that experience. And so for me, it's just poured into the people that have poured into me. And I'm real big about, you know, when you're an athlete, right? You got so many people pulling at you, the agents, the, the companies, the, even when I was in the NFL, you know, and that was before social media blew up. Everybody's wanting a piece of you or who you have access to. Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, the list goes on. You know, you got to really understand who's around you for the right reasons. And when you figure that out, you got to keep them close. So that's just so important to me at this point in my life. Terrence, thanks for joining us on the show today. Ryan and I are both athletes. I'm a big football fan. So it's been an honor to have you here. Had a couple NFL guys here now. And every time I get the chance to, to chat with you guys, I really appreciate it. Before we end the show, I want to give you a chance to tell the audience where they can go to connect with you and learn more about you. Yeah, you can go to my website. My enterprise site is just terrencemurphy.com. It's just T-E-R-R-E-N-C-E-M-U-R-P-H-Y. I also have my new podcast that I just started. It's doing pretty well. I think it's hit 15,000 downloads in the first couple months. It's just Real Estate Entrepreneur with Terrence Murphy. Just talking about real estate, man, and just talking about the whole segment of it. And then, so my podcast, my website, or my Instagram. My Instagram is just Terrence Realtor. So T-E-R-R-E-N-C-E, Realtor, R-E-A-L-T-O-R. So look me up on those three. And if I can help you guys in any way, Robert, Ryan, man, I look forward to connecting and staying in touch and just staying a part of each other's tribe. Thanks, Terrence. I appreciate it. For everyone listening, I will put a link to those different resources in the show notes below. Terrence, thanks so much. Thank you, bro. Pleasure, Jen. All right, guys. That's all I had for this week's episode of Real Estate Investing. I'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to TIP. Make sure to subscribe to We Study Billionaires by the Investors Podcast Network. Every Wednesday, we teach you about Bitcoin, and every Saturday, we study billionaires and the financial markets. To access our show notes, transcripts, or courses, go to theinvestorspodcast.com. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any decision, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by the Investors Podcast Network. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.